There's a lot of religion out there that crafts its identity based upon who it decides is unworthy. This type of religion is neither welcoming nor gentle, but it's overly certain of itself. Several of us uh, in this room have shared that the religion of heaven or hell was the religion of your childhood, which can be a heavy weight to bear. Certainty can present a real roadblock to our spiritual growth. Even though our Bible is bound together as a single book, and even though some people call it the good book, the Bible is actually a library. This library includes books by an assortment of authors from different time periods. And as with most libraries, you can find whatever it is that you're looking for if you search for long enough. When people want to make a specific point and then they cherry pick verses to support their point, they can make the Bible say just about whatever they want it to say. For instance, although many of us were not taught this when we were young, Jesus more frequently describes eternal life as a party, a banquet, or a feast rather than as a judge who sends some people to heaven and others to hell. When Jesus does describe a judgment scene, such as the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25, he is very clear that the ultimate issue at play is how we care for the poor. Noticeably absent from Jesus' comments about hell is whether or not you go to church every Sunday whether you're Baptist or Episcopalian, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you love a woman or whether you love a man. It's also true that there are plenty of passages in the Bible that are just plain hard to make sense of. This morning's gospel certainly fits that bill. So here's the story. A king is throwing a wedding party for his only son. But those that he's chosen to invite reject the invitation and then kill some of the messengers, making the king so angry that he burns down the city. That is a hard message. The king then sends out another invitation, this time to everyone in the surrounding region, and so they go out into the streets and they gather everyone who they can find, both the good and the bad, Matthew says. And the wedding hall is filled with all sorts of people. That message is a little better. But then things take another turn. One of the guests shows up and is not dressed properly, an allegory for that guest not being worthy. The king responds by sending this man, quote, bound hand and foot into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For whatever it's worth, Matthew seems to like this threat. He uses a version of it five more times in his gospel. It is only found in one other place in the rest of our New Testament. 
There's a type of Christianity that cites this gospel to say that if you do not follow Jesus in the right way, then you're headed to hell. There's other scholarship that suggests that this gospel is more of a reflection of Matthew, the author of the gospel, and the biases of his community rather than of Jesus. Neither of these interpretations seem to incorporate the second part of Jesus' great commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And yet, there in the middle of the story, everyone gets an invitation to this party. This is a confusing text. And that's okay. Over the years, I've learned to really appreciate this part of our Episcopal identity, that it is okay to not have all the answers. The ancient stories passed down to us in the form of the Bible are complicated, contradictory, and confusing, and they can be poetic, courageous, and inspiring, sometimes both at the same time. Much like this king, or much like the author of Matthew's gospel, our culture can be obsessed with being right and deciding who is worthy of belonging and who is not. The worlds of politics and religion are particularly guilty. We will find a way to exclude people based on just about anything, race, sexual identity, political party, religion, what country you're from, you name it. We have become really skilled at drawing lines in the sand. But here's the thing. God has never asked us to be the ones who draw lines in the sand. Nor has God ever asked our opinion about who God should invite to God's party. We're not the ones who decide who's worthy. And any desire to edit God's invitation list or to opine about who should have a seat around God's table is to claim something that we don't have any right to claim. It's sad to me that when we choose to dwell on whether or not other people are worthy, we miss so much of the core message of Christianity. Paul wrote his letter to the Philippians not long after Jesus' death, some 30 years before Matthew wrote this morning's gospel. At the beginning of this morning's New Testament lesson, Paul encourages his readers to, quote, let their gentleness be known to everyone. It's interesting to me that Paul, who could be so brash, chose to emphasize gentleness. My bet is that he was saying something that he himself needed to hear. But he's also expressing what he believed to be a core tenet of following Jesus. Being gentle. Can you imagine what Christianity could be like if we focused less on judging others and deciding who's going to hell and instead sought to let our gentleness be known to everyone. Can you imagine what our country would look like if we stopped demonizing each other for having different opinions 
and tried to see one another as if we're each valuable, which is the way that God sees each of us. Can you imagine what your life would look like if before every single time you interacted with someone else, you reminded yourself to be gentle? I get it. It is not easy to cultivate gentleness in a world that is decidedly not gentle. But that is exactly what we're called to do. In the name of God. Amen.